podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of Courtside Fracker. It's been a little while, but we have returned right in the middle of a COVID hit, I can't even say the word, COVID hits uh, NBA season. I'm here joined by um, a good friend of mine, uh, Yaz. How are you, mate? Dino, man. All good, all good. You and me both been in the wars with COVID. We're in yeah. our own health and safety protocols, <laughs> but uh, coming out the other end, you know, so all good. Yeah, coming out the other end, just like Jimbo Harden, just about making it for the Christmas game. Um, yeah. First of all, we, we, we have to address the, the elephant in the room. Where on earth have we been? Um, before we get into, obviously, the, the, the usual regularly scheduled program of chatting about the Christmas games and the matchups that we have, have, to look, have to look forward to, and obviously some of the old timers coming back from, looks like retirement or from the G League, um, coming to deputize with some of the, the COVID-stricken all-stars that we have. Um, where the heck have we been? Yeah, so where the hell have we been? Um, <laughs> it's been it's been a um, it's been a tiresome last few months, but unfortunately, it's just been a lot of like technical issues we've had with our feed and um, just like people not being available and just the the usual like little spanners that you get in the works. Uh, however, we are um, we are back. We are completely back. We are we are ready to to get, to get back into the flow of things. Um, with the NBA, it's really tough in that because it's so fast moving, you need to be on top of it at all times. So we're very aware of that. So we don't want to ever, ever give you any B, B list or B standard um, information or, or products. So here we are back, fully prepped, ready to absolutely smash it. Um, become come expectant. We've got um, on, you'll be, you'll be hearing this on most likely on Christmas Eve. So we've got our spaces, which is the replacement of Clubhouse from last year, Twitter spaces, Christmas day, covering all of the, the Christmas games right from 5 p.m. So if you've got, any subscriptions to the NBA or Sky Sports, or whatever, please get involved. Check out the games. You can be, you can be a novice. You can be, an, you, you could be, um, you can be a, gri- a grizzly vet, as as he has described as on our on our on our Twitter description. Come and check us out. And then Sunday we'll be back with our with our our flagship main pod. So yeah, we're we're back in the full flow of things and right right at a, right at a perfect time because this is really when this, the seasons begin, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, Christmas Day, man. That's always the sort of. I guess it's the it's the league's biggest day mm. of the of the calendar, aside from the obvious playoffs, all star games, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Christmas Day, you have the apart from opening night, biggest slate of games. You have got to really be someone to be on the Christmas Day slate. As a Laker and Celtic fan, we can we can say that with our superiority complexes. Um, yeah, it's just it's just always a big huge day. The league have twenty five to thirty million in terms of advertising like booked everyone knows that all eyes are on the NBA on Christmas Day I've actually been in America on a Christmas Day and even families who don't watch the NBA it's just on it's just it's just um, a massive thing it's, it's like the NFL and Thanksgiving they kind of have that holiday the NBA have Christmas Day it's a big crescendo of like the start of the season um, rotations are starting to get narrower now we're starting to see what certain teams are about however it must be said, obviously, this Christmas is not like any other Christmas um, as it is for all of us. Anyway, we know it's the exact same in America. It's the exact same with the NBA. Omicron is ravaging through rosters, squads, even coaching staff. Your your head coach has been away from the bench, Harold. Yeah. Frank I mean, Vogel at the Lakers. I, I actually thought that might do us some good, but it, it, it hasn't helped at all. So clearly he still has some influence over the boys. Um, actually, since he's left, Russ has, got, Russ has turned back to his, um, his awful self again. Um, but anyway, we'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, as, as, but I mean, that's, that's, that, yeah, that's just the context, though, isn't it? It's like we're all 
as we will talk now throughout this pod, a lot of Christmas Day is up in the air more so than ever before. Christmas Day usually be the strongest rosters out, biggest games, biggest heavy hitters facing off against each other. And we just don't really know, even now recording the evening of the 23rd, day before Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve Eve. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with the Christmas Day Slater games. The NBA have even briefed teams that prepare for sort of rescheduling. And I think they have to commit to their slots. There is going to be big NBA games at these slots. However, as we will sort of touch on now with the Nets, especially Nets have just had two, three games just postponed, just written off. They haven't had the required eight players to to, um, play. The last one against the Trailblazers was postponed I think with a little eye on Christmas they know Nets Lakers is a huge sure. game yeah. and I think they were a bit conscious of let's say uh James Harden comes out of COVID protocols jumps on against the Blazers gets guarded a bit too a bit too closely by someone whose contact traces and then he's out of the Christmas I think that one was a smart sort of a, a safety first measure so but teams have been briefed to be ready to potentially play they might want they they need the slots Field. So if one of these games gets postponed, there will be another game played. Obviously, Adam Silver's come out, commissioner of the league, and has basically said, look, and I get it as well. It seems ridiculous seeing all these old-timers sort of sign 10-day hardship exemption contracts. Joe Johnson, I saw Joe coming back to my Boston Celtics 20 years after being drafted by my Boston <laughs> Celtics. He's been out of the NBA for three and a half years, I think, 40 years old. Came on for the last minute and a half. And by the way, the crowd was buzzing for it they were calling yeah. for him with about four minutes left of the game got that old man move got the man on his hip little shift with the left and then a little jumper it was amazing for a team actually get a bucket Isaiah Thomas coming in with your Lakers and stuff has, has played three games <sighs> we'll get into the Lakers about that I mean I don't know about we have to anyway but anyway but, <laughs> but it just for, for all that we are thinking it's ridiculous that these sort of oh why aren't they stopping why aren't they stopping Adam Silver kind of said it. Look, it's not going anywhere. Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's not going anywhere. Um, you hope that once people are within the health and safety protocols, that means that they then won't be again in the short term. Mm. Um, they're hoping to get the league up to like a ninety-seven percent booster rate. And I think the word is from Boxing Day onwards, they're going to be a lot more lenient on the health and safety protocols. I think they've come to a new agreement in terms of players that have had their boosters and two doses. I think they're going to stop being so stringent on those because with Adam Silver's word, look, they're, we're living with the the variants, the viruses, the whatever. If the players are, are asymptomatic and doing what they can, I think moving forward, I think they're going to be a lot less strict on the protocols for fully boosted guys. So we'll have to see how that goes. But yeah, a Christmas day like no other, maybe not for the best reasons. Um but could be some really good basketball still in store. And we will be there, like you said, on the Twitter spaces, documenting the whole thing. So make sure you join us for that one. Yeah, yeah, please do. Um, Yaz has done a fantastic job of getting it all set up and for us to chat about the main thing, obviously this raring COVID cases, but the show must go on. And that's exactly the same story here at Corsair Fracker. But let's let's just give you guys a preview of the Christmas games. Cause as, as Yaz has alluded to, this is, this is, this is one of the biggest, it was one of the biggest nights, one of the biggest day, days in the NBA calendar. So a lot of what, of what, what the big all-star circle when, whenever they get their, um, their fixture list for the season. So we have a few games coming up on Christmas day. Um, we have the Hawks 
versus the escaped my head. We have the, the Hawks. New uh, York Knickerbockers. New York Knickerbockers. Atlanta at New York. We have the apology. My, my, my fiction has left me. Yeah, we, we, have, we have the Knicks versus the Hawks. We have the Bucks versus the Celtics. We have the Suns versus the Warriors. We have the Lakers versus the Nets. And we have the very dull occasion, which I'm sure it will be, of Utah Jazz versus the Dallas Mavericks. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll give you guys a breakdown of majority of those games, um, starting with uh, the Knicks versus the Hawks. What what's your expectation? You know of this- what? You know what? I'm actually gonna I'm gonna do it different. I'm gonna let's go in reverse order of okay. how I'm looking forward to these games because, like you kind of said, Mavs Jazz is doesn't merit our attention. No disrespect to Dallas fans because there are a couple that that listen in and stuff, but if there's any game that is absolutely battered already by the COVID health and safety protocols is this one. The good news for everyone listening in the UK and Europe is it's at 3.30 a.m. So, hey, the least appetizing and appealing game is well out of where we want to be awake anyway. Um, basically, look, if Dallas is the most heliocentric centered around their star team, arguably, since, since Harden's Rockets in terms of uh, Luka Doncic. There is no Luka. He entered the health and safety protocols yesterday after missing five games through injury. There's no uh, Hardaway Jr. Yeah. There's no Maxi Kleber. Um, Reggie Bullock is a maybe. And Paul Zingis, I think he's a game time decision with, I think it's an ankle knock or, or a knee issue. So that is literally, that could easily, that could be their starting five. Like, I mean, they're trying to get Jalen Brunson in the starting five a bit more, but that is actually their five. On, on some nights. So yeah. the Jazz are missing absolutely nobody of any real relevance, just a few end of bench guys. The Jazz, as we know, are regular season, just behemoth. They just plow through everyone. They're on the usual form, second in net rating of the season, a smidgen behind Golden State. The Jazz are doing what the Jazz have done for the last two, three years, regular season wins. Yeah, we don't need to touch on, on Mavs Jazz. But like you just said, Hawks, Knicks is probably next down on my list is probably the fourth most exciting game for me. Similarly, if the Knicks don't come away with the win, by the way, I want everyone to get onto any Knicks fans they know. So you need to be in Obi's message <laughs> inbox, whatever, WhatsApp straight away. The Hawks are going to be missing potentially uh, Kevin Herter, Lou Williams, Clint Capella, Danilo Gallinari, no Trey Young. That's as good as confirmed. Um, DeAndre Hunter is injured again. And TLC, Luau Cabrero, is ended the health and safety protocols as well. So it's going to be, have to be a John Collins masterclass to, uh, to get the Hawks having anything there. But I think that's still an interesting one. Um, I think it is an interesting one. I think the Knicks, have, the Knicks have disappointed me this year. I mean, they're, they're, they're much like the team that people normally, normally make fun of. But after last season, we were thinking there's a bit of improvement there, you know, like finally making the playoffs, finally being, okay, you know what? Okay, we're, we're actually a actually decent team again. Julius Randle hasn't kicked off from where from where we thought he would. Of course, I understand that he plays 100 minutes a night, but he, he he hasn't been hitting the same shots. He hasn't been leaving the team the same way that we, we usually expect him to. Obviously, they're now, they're now placed 12th in the Eastern Conference, below 500. Is there, do you, do you have anything for us to, to, to hold on to in, in this being a good game? Yeah, I think, I mean, look, I think it should be a route. The Knicks should 100% get to business. So, I mean, again, if we're talking UK perspective, <laughs> in my in my mind, the, the two 
worst games to watch are the first and the last. So we're good in that in that sense. So any <laughs> of you, any of you, five p.m. Christmas dinner lot, any of you later Christmas dinner lot, you, you're all right. Um, it could be all right, but I think even the Hawks, even the Hawks, when healthy, haven't been. Great, I think. Um, obviously, they got to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Everyone was very, very excited. Oh, what we can add, but they've been. I watched them against Denver the other day. They were really sloppy defensively, all over the place. They were allowing Denver to get hot from outside, but then they weren't closing anything off in the paint either. Um, defensively, they were just poor. Trey isn't able to carry them all season. He's he's great, Trey, he's, but he's not that guy yet to carry a team through all season long. Um, they have had a couple guys out, but. They're they're pretty deep and they haven't they they've been they've been really poor. I think they've only won um they've they've definitely they've lost their last two and they've only won three of their last ten. So that kind of shows you mm. where they're at in terms of re- recent form. Yeah. But the Knicks a word on them in, in general, because they should deal with the Hawks on, on Christmas Day. They modeled themselves as this incredible, tough, defensive, mean team last year. And they kind of saw where that got them in that the Hawks dealt with them in the playoffs. So in the summer, they needed to pivot away from that. They needed to add some more firepower. Got Kemba on a bought-out sort of free agency signing. He went to OKC. I'm sure most people will know about that. Um, got a got signed to a, a really good value contract. Eight million. Brilliant. Evan Fournier was their marquee off-season signing. Evan Fournier has not played like a marquee off-season signing. I was started started well for like the first couple of games. Started well, yeah. He had his career high on opening <laughs> night. Yeah. That's what I think most people are thinking when they think he started well. Um, he's he's gone off against us, the Celtics, both times. Evan Fournier is a streaky luxury player. If you've got a lot of other people doing the heavy lifting, he's a brilliant third, fourth option to catch and shoot. He can create his own shot a little bit. I like Evan Fournier. I don't like Evan Fournier for the 18 million a year that they're giving him. Mm. Um, and I was all too happy to kind of just let him walk in that in that uh, circumstance, and it's kind of shown up. He hasn't been consistent, um, and 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 adding those two basically just took the Knicks away from their identity of this gritty defense first team. They added the firepower they needed, and then, like a lot of people kind of expected would happen in the off season, they just decorated off a cliff too far away from that. Um, and then Tibbs, to his credit, like Tom Thibodeau, coach, he's he's tried to address it. They they had this fantastic bench unit. I think he's tried to give more minutes to the bench guys. He's taken Kemba completely out of the rotation. That has now spanned totally on its head in terms of they've got all these COVID absences. They've had to put Kemba back in the rotation. Kemba, to his credit, again, has had some really good scoring nights last few games. They just haven't got the balance right. If you look at their defense for the season, they're they're bottom bottom eight. Um, and if you have a Tom Thibodeau team, they are gonna be basically living off of their defense. They yeah. have like you like you say as well with Randall. If Randall was playing to all star form like he did last year, maybe we wouldn't be having this conversation. But at times he's looked slow. His body language doesn't look good. He's had so many nights where he's just shot like shit. Um, and yeah, I think if I'm if I'm them, especially with Bulls now in the playoff picture, Washington now in the playoff picture, I think the Knicks are 
in a little bit of trouble, to be honest. They went all in on this. Um, yeah, Randall, Kemba. Yeah, I think for the playoffs, they're a little bit in trouble, but they'll have a good Christmas day um, <laughs> because they should <laughs> they should deal with the Hawks. All right, cool. And and what's what's up next in your in your expectations list? So you said Jazz, Jazz, Mavs, bottom. Uh, Knicks versus the Knickerbockers versus the Atlanta Hawks in fourth. Who's what? What's the third team or the third match you're looking forward to? Well, my third is is only because of the likelihood of who's going to play. So it's Nets Lakers. If everyone comes out, fantastic. Comes out of of health and safety, brilliant. Because you can. How it works is that you have 10 days once they detect a positive test. Now, anyone who knows anything about what's been happening in the world, you know that these COVID has kind of like got a, lot, a shelf life of like two weeks. So a lot of these guys are getting tested positive and it's quite late in their system and they can test out of the protocols where they get uh, a negative test and then they come out. So um a few people have come out earlier than the 10 days. If they catch the virus quite late, then there's a chance you can come out earlier than the 10 days. KD went in on the 18th. So, and, he, and he's nursing a little ankle injury, I think, as well. So he's going to need to have, we're going to need to get good news to make it KD v LeBron. And that is probably why it's third. It, it should be second, but then you've got AD now, Anthony Davis out of his MCL, three, four weeks out. Um, which is so shocking, you know, he's such a durable guy. Um, <laughs> I think he's injured on, on literally on, on every defensive play, he's injured for goodness sake. Um, the thing is, the thing is, we mock, we mock him for not wanting to battle, but you know what? On the other hand, he knows his body in it, so if he's gonna, if he's always gonna get hurt, then that's a problem, but yeah, so no AD, um, no KD in terms of Kevin Durant's maybe, maybe absence, no carrier of him, we know, even though he's sort of decided that he's going to be a part-time player now and the Nets have decided that they haven't liked what's on the floor so they're going back on their principles brilliant good good job guys um <laughs> and they've got him in he's now in protocols as well no Joe Harris so it, it's going to be a funny Nets team I think Harden entered on the 14th he should be good um but Harden's had good. a very hot yeah he's had a very hot and cold year LeBron's actually looked pretty Le- good yes this Le- season LeBron- so i'm gonna pivot over to you now i'm yeah. gonna lead you off with firstly how do you think lebron has played when available because obviously there is the question now of his age and and like never before is he taking games off secondly i'm gonna need you to tell me what the fuck you're doing putting rondo isaiah thomas and russell westbrook on the floor at the same time Ever. I don't care about hardship exemptions. No one asked you to go sign a point guard. Why are you just obsessed with this Laker culture, celebrity culture, LeBron, Circus, Mickey Mouse, Disney, whatever, where you just get <laughs> names in the door regardless? And it doesn't matter what the fit is or who, where they play. So how's LeBron been? Let's <laughs> start on a good bit of news. I think he's looked all right. And, and how worried about you, the availability. But then also, like, what's going on with your roster and everything? All right, so I start. I start on LeBron. Nineteenth year, he's. I think he's. He's. He's playing. He's playing. He's playing some of the. He's playing incredible basketball for a man his age. Um, I always. I, I reference this because it makes me so makes me laugh quite a lot. There's always that tweet going around like, oh, this this effery, this fuckery that LeBron has been doing um, won't go on for much longer. Thank God. Um, we're back from 2015 and it's still going on. Um, but on him on him himself, he's. 
I can't believe it, but he's he's, he's doing all he's doing all he can. The, the poor guy. I mean, if if, if not the best, the, if you haven't seen any of the Lake Lake of basketball so far this year, go watch the last game that we played against Phoenix, where we lost by eighteen, and it was a convincing loss. Bron got Bron, Bron got thirty four, was perfect from the line, and we know about his problems um, that he's had from the line. He's actually shooting, he's actually shooting 77 percent from the line this year. By the way, guys, he hasn't hit those numbers since 2011, 2012. That's that. That's a feat in itself. His his rebounding numbers are up. He's 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 a always going to be what it is in, in his in his great passing. He like Yaz has said, he has been selective um about where he plays, but he is leading by example. And this feels like the last year of Cleveland. Um, where like after Kyrie had left, is like as soon as Bron's off the court, nothing's happening. Nothing is happening. Like the, the teams, the teams will run you down on the score, and this. Unfortunately, um, we're in a position now where it's like we're looking like probably be play-ins will we'll be max, in my opinion, we'll, we'll finish seventh or eighth. Like if we finish seventh, that's a miracle in, in my in my in my opinion. But who are we going to play against? We're going to play Golden State or Phoenix. So I'm just going to pick us off. We haven't been good enough um, overall. Bron, Bron has been good. I'll, I'll stop there on Bron because he actually has been very good when he has played. And of course, he's picking and choosing. But I don't mind a man in his 19th year picking and choosing when he's going to play. And when he does play, he's playing hard. Now. The reason why he's picking and choosing is because we signed a we signed a man on a max contract called Russell Westbrook, and we also have a man called Anthony Davis, who unfortunately sometimes is made out of glass. And literally every other possession looks like he's down injured, and he holds his ankle, he's holding his knee, holding his back. Um, Charles Barkley calls him calls him um, street clothes for a reason. Like he's there's always something wrong with him. Um, this this year he's actually had decent spells. Actually, he's actually had fairly decent decent spells, but they've been so few and far between. His highs are high and his lows are, are more frequent, unfortunately. He doesn't want to play center. We've got DJ playing center who just gets boxed out like a punk every single game. Um, for some reason, Frankie V doesn't like Dwight Howard. He, does, he, never, he never wants to play him. I don't, I don't quite understand, in my opinion. Dwight, Dwight Howard is... Oh, I got my, I got my, got my doorbell going off. Um, in my, in my opinion, Dwight Howard is is a much better player, at least in this stage of his career, and probably for his whole career, actually, I would say, than 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 DJ at playing C. Bron has been playing center. There's 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 so many ways in which there's so many reasons why we're not playing um the, the kind of basketball that we should be playing. So let me then, let me break it down so, for you. But hold, yeah, I was gonna ask like you brought up AD and he's had decent spells. He's also had like historic low shooting slumps. My thing about how you lot play is how is LeBron having to swap switch it up to to make it work? Because I look at the roster and I see next to no shooting. You've got Malik Monk there who's meant to be, you know, some sort of perimeter threat and he's been hot and cold. AD is not going to play center. So he has to be some sort of a perimeter threat. He's had terrible, terrible shooting struggles. Um, Wayne Ellington yeah, meant like, to be another shooter. Wayne Ellington and Wayne Ellington hit some shots, but again, the man's 37, 36. Like Carmelo has been hitting his shots, but again, let's not talk. Uh, Trevor Ariza's just come back from injury. He's going to be yeah. a guy who hit shots, but again, 36, 33, 37 years old. My thing is, it's just such a weirdly constructed roster. The only thing you can assume looking at it is that Bron has looked over at Brooklyn and tried to match up, but his attempt at trying to match up is and then you know they talked to Demar apparently in the summer here and then they got Russ and then there's almost Ben Simmons rumors always brewing because of the clutch connection and everything like that. My thing is 
is this just a guy on an ego and he's, he's your guy as well. So is this a guy on an ego trip who's just got his mates in? DeAndre Jordan's still playing. He was he shouldn't have been touching the floor for Brooklyn. The fact that he's got another trade to another team that are allegedly contenders is shambolic. Like it's 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 crazy to me. And I think players Every Bradley like, is, is, is 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 another one as well. Sorry to cut you off. There we Every go. Like, Bradley's another one. Go. Released by and Golden State and now he's starting for us. It's all it's the old boys club of like who's been in the league long enough to have a relationship with Bron or whoever else. And I think players recognize what players do well to a point, right? Like hoopers recognize, hoopers, ballers recognize, ballers, all of that sort of stuff. Cool. But they're not scouts, they're not coaches, and players have never had to construct teams. Like they 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 see it from their point of view. And you this stinks to me of players getting too involved in putting the roster together because there seems to be no thought about how it's going to work. Everyone looked at it and was like, good luck. And it's been basically everything people expected. To be honest, what are you, are you 500 now? Are you 15, 16, 16? Yeah, or are you just, just dip below it one game below after the Phoenix loss? No, no, we are, we are, we are 16, 16. <laughs> so I've, I'm almost impressed that you're 16, 16, honestly, like that's how like, weird that's... the roster looks to me that, I'm almost impressed that you're you're just 500 because the league's competitive. So, yeah, how is it working? What's Bron had to do when he's on the floor? What the hell do you do when he's off the floor? Like, how's how's it looking? What should I what should I be looking out for on Christmas Day? Well, let me okay. So let me let me start by um, just by the comment you said about um, players pick like hand picking certain players they want to come in if you're you're your mate or whatever. So the the rationale behind bringing someone like Westbrook in, because he was our main he was he was the main um acquisition, wasn't he? Like he was he was he was the main piece. He's now part of the big three, him, AD and Bron. The reason why is so Bron could go ahead and, and pick and choose games. Do you know what Russ is about? He's gonna play hard. He's he's, he's gonna put up decent numbers and he'll, he'll dish the rock sometimes as well. However, why and this has only dawned on me today Bron is trying to do something in his 19th year that KD couldn't do during his prime in his younger years at OKC with Russell Westbrook. And that's, and that's, and that's, and that's be successful with Russell Westbrook. And I'm not trying to, because the entire reason why we're crap is not down to Russell Westbrook, but that's one I of the I was going to say, Russ looks like he's had some good games. He his, has had some good numbers games. Are good. However, however, but if, he, one, but if he's a, but if Russ is a facilitator, because you don't want him shooting, you want the ball in his hand. If he's a facilitator, who is he facilitating? The problem is when he tries to facilitate, he does that same move, right? Where he gets the ball, runs at hundred miles an hour, and then he's and then he jumps out on one leg, and then and then, and he's in the air with no one to pass to. He does it countless times. That that I've never known anyone to have such a consistent type of turnover. It's mental to me. It's the same type of turnover every single time. Every single time. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get onto him. I'm just trying to explain the reasons why someone like Russ was brought in. I can't explain a reason. I can't expect DJ. I don't understand why these trades happen. I honestly couldn't tell you. But if I go into the reasons why we're not we're not doing so well, we can't shoot. We can't, it's simple as that. We 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 can't shoot. I mean, one of the one of the three superstars we have is is one of the three one of the few superstars in the league who is a superstar who, who's, who's always had a bad who's always had a bad shot. Russ, right? That's number one. Number two, suddenly we can't we can't defend. Like the and it's, and the worst part is it's not it's not out of like um. A, 
It's not out of a want of trying. Like we, we, you can continuously see us. There's effort there, but players are just not good enough. You're asking players who have who have never been amazing defenders, even in their peak years. Now, at the end of their the tail end of their career, to now start to, to now start defending their perimeter, asking for help defense, it's just not going to happen. Every time we're just always too slow, too slow to switch, too slow to get out. Like players, like players, like Melo, players, like players, like Russ, players. Like, I mean, Ariza's just come back. I, I can't, I can't, I can't stick him. Um, players like players like um, uh, Avery Bradley. It's just they're just not who they once were. Unfortunately, we can't defend. We can't shoot. We turn over the ball a lot, and we allow opponents to go on lengthy runs. Normally, when Bron's off the court, but even when he's on, sometimes without with, with them just going off and scoring, and without us scoring. Those are the, those are the four reasons why we are the way we are. We're, we're so a very I, average I, I, team. I, well, there we go. And I was going to kind of draw back to that is let's say you're an average team. Let's say you're a 500 team, 0.500 wins. Um, let's, let's assume that. And then let's look at the Western playoff picture. Phoenix, Golden State, Utah, miles ahead of everyone else. Memphis have been brilliant without John Morant. I think once he gets back into the flow of everything there, they'll just crack on and they could be four fifth seed. Clippers, once Paul George comes back, look similar, like just above 500, sort of fifth seed, fourth seed. At least Denver, they have an excuse, for goodness sake. Yeah, at least. Uh, Denver, Jokic have had... Jokic has been doing a massive carry job there. No Michael Porter Jr., no Jamal Murray. Yeah. Um, it, COVID issues as well, like crazy. Those teams in and around are who you're going to be playing. Um, you could as well, if Denver do pick up and, and get their form together... Um, drop into the playing sort of picture. You are in the playing picture. You could drop into the playing games. Minnesota are having a really, really, really good year, yeah. shooting the ball quite well. Um, Anthony Edwards is emerging. Cat is in great form. So you could be a playing team. Cat is calling AD too small. Cat <laughs> calling AD too small. But listen, you being a playing team is fine because certain teams, and this is where I'll talk on the Celtics, I think, I have a smidgen suspicion that this might apply to us. I think certain teams are suited for playoff basketball. Now, let's say you're a playing team. The teams you're going to be coming up against are Minnesota, Dallas, Clippers, Denver, Portland, that sort of that sort of guys. If you let's just go go straight into the playoffs, you're having to go past Memphis Clippers in the first round, Denver, whoever, and then you're having to go past Golden State, Utah, Phoenix in the in the second round. You're the Lakers. And I empathize with this. You are judged on whether you win the title. Correct. It's not, we're not, there's no conference banners in the rafters, right? So, I, I mean, I know the answer to the first one is, are you good enough to win? You, you're not. So my real question is, what do you do? Because it's, it's not working with Russ. And then because of the size of that guy's contract, you can't he, he swing any other deals. Everyone's on a minimum. Everyone, Malik Monk's like 25 and took a minimum deal. Like, I don't know how you twang that. Rich Paul's going to have another lawsuit soon. But <laughs> what, what do you do? What do you do? Because I don't see you competing well, with this roster. It has to be a move, has to be a trade. Well, what do big teams do when... When there's when there's when there's problems on the court and it's and it's super difficult to move the pieces, i.e. the players to sort it, we we change head coach. I think I think I think that'll happen and I think it will come close to the all-star break if I'm if I'm completely honest with you. I couldn't I couldn't tell you who we'd be coming and and replace um Frank Vogel with, but one thing one thing that's really annoyed me this year, and this is why I do think like I'm because I've been quite patient. 
but with Lakers, it's different, isn't it? Like, pay, what, what, what is, what, what is patience for for the Lakers? What is that? It's, 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 it's so. It's like I don't know a year of of underperformance, particularly with a team like this, right? Where players are so old, you need to win now. So, one thing, one of the staples of of Frank Vogel has been again, he's, he's, again, like yeah, you you don't have time. Again, don't have time to, to double it back to my lot. Yeah, we might be five hundred. You might be five hundred. Our two best players are twenty three and twenty five. Yours are thirty seven and thirty twenty nine, yeah, or twenty nine going on thirty five. If we use AD's chronological versus biological age of going off of what his muscles are saying. Yes, there are in, those problems I stated to you. There, there are inherent. Right, that that takes that takes a different type of personnel. That takes a different type of system. That that takes a different type of coach in order for us to rectify it. We're not. We are not going to like the changes you're going to see are going to be marginal between now and the end of the season. This this is why, even though we're in sixth place, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Like we are going to end up in in the playing tournament at best. I promise you. And even then, we'll we'll just about scrape over the line, much like we did against um, Golden State last year. It's going to be really really slow, and it's it's going to be a difficult watch. I just have to warn you. But let's talk about the if talking about the Christmas game, right? Talking about against this. Depleted Brooklyn Nets team. I expect to win, and I expect to convince him win. Full stop. There's, there's no, there's no ifs, there's no buts. If Bron plays like he did against Phoenix, I mean, even that, that's that's outrageous to be honest with you, because 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 that was that was a really good performance. If he just plays, I don't know, or eighty percent of that, Russ just calms the hell down in key moments. All turnovers, unfortunately, are not created the same. Late in games, when it's a, when it's a close game, those turnovers for me they should count as three. Like and even then he still gets like he still gets a quadruple double in his in his turnovers. I know it seems like I'm getting on to Russ. I'm not. It's just one of the easiest fixes to make. Just take your time, calm down, move the ball out of your hand, move it to move it to Bron. We we are gonna be who we are when Bron's on the court. And I know it sounds like oh, it's Bron it's Bron or Bron or bust, but right now it is. Everyone's rubbish. I mean, flipping on, we were talking about Isaiah Thomas. He went zero for eleven. Like he he came he's he's here on here on the ten day contract. He's shooting ten shots a quarter. He's playing for his life. You you um you and your mate GT were were, were making jokes about how um the moment he put out a tweet talking about how um he's, he's like he's he's an old dog and he's got these and he's he's he's, he's always been good. Yeah, yada yada yada. Um, no, like you, you just knew something crap was gonna happen. You just knew he's gonna be rubbish. Um, Tht hasn't 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 hit the ground like we thought he would. He was decent when not not decent. He was good when Brom was out um, with uh, not not with COVID, but when Brom was out with injury earlier in the season. Um, but he just when he, when he's coming, he just he just looks lax. He just looks out of place. He he's not he's 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 getting these spots, but he's just not converting. We are not but again, good. But yeah, I can't stress this enough, is, right? But listen, and this is where you as a LeBron guy will have a big different appearance to a different opinion to someone like Canyon who's more a Lakers guy or Jeff, who's a Lakers guy. Like, Bron might be the solution, but Bron is, Bron, from me afar, Bron looks like the problem. you got Carmelo in there, Bron's guy, yeah, yeah. his recruiting. Westbrook, you have to assume Bron had a heavy hand in 100%. Recruiting. Him and Avery AD Bradley, picked him over Buddy Hill. There we go. For sure. uh, Rajon Rondo is there. Rajon Rondo, like, okay, bubble with the extra rest that he got was able to contribute. John Rondo, apart from that, is not able to do, especially the regular season grind, Not nothing. He's there because of AD and LeBron. Um, Elliton, you got to, again, that's a 36-year-old sniper. you got to assume that that is, again, picked by LeBron. He ain't no LeBron. sniper, man. THT, 
literally picked by LeBron and Rich Paul out of, I think it was high school, maybe college, whatever it was, that's picked by LeBron. Avery Trevor Bradley. Ariza, Avery Bradley. These are guys who've been around the league who obviously have relationships with LeBron and everything like that. So you lot now were, before the Russ trade, you lot were in talks about Buddy Heald and like two or three pieces. And you that was the pick for me, man. Thing. Yeah, that but this, this is the thing. It's, it's, it goes back to who's calling the shots at the club, organization, franchise, whatever you want to call it. And um, I'm interested how you medium to, uh, there is no long term, it's short to medium term. I'm interested how you sort it because it's either going to be LeBron burning the bridges with some of his some of his boys to make a deal happen um, or or he's just going to have to make his mess work. So, so we'll see what happens Christmas Day, boy. Like, let's just hope that you ain't got a fit and raring to go KD, and you just have to take on Jimbo and his and his uh, band. Of, yeah. Band By the way, I, I do think it'll be the former. I do think it will be him biting the bullet, and having to get rid of some of the, some of the people that he 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 really likes. Like he he did it in, in, in Cleveland with D Wade. There's already been rumors with with Russ as well being being traded in January. I know, of course, like the, the deals are going to be a madness, but there's talks about that. Legs is going to have to have to eat. He's going to have to eat his words. He needs to just calm down and stay away from the trades right now because he, like you say, he's just doing his boys a favour. But I have to keep it a buck. Don't expect too much. We are not good. Just please understand that, yeah? I know it's crazy because we have AD, Bron, Russ. We are not good. Sorry, yes. As you, I think as you it's saying, more embarrassing. I think, but a final word from me, I think it's way more embarrassing to be bad in a win now meant to be good situation. 100%. Agreed. And so it's just fantastic. It's, it's been great. <laughs> you busted. You. It's been great. It's been great. It's been great. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's my third. Um, if if KD was to come back, um, then it would probably jump up to, to second where you've got sort of a Harden and KD versus LeBron and Russ on Christmas Day. Obviously, there's the OKC little subplot there. Um, that's my third. Second is my boys. Um, we're in Milwaukee and we could be fucked because it's again, let's, let's Giannis contextualize is back, this. <laughs> Yanis is looking like he's back. Yeah. I think Yanis is, he's a Harden where he ended on the 14th. So yeah. he should so be 15th. back. Um, okay. 15th. So yeah, I assume he'll be back. That's nine days. It's the NBA, they Christmas. They got a lot of money riding on this. Yanis will play. I'm pretty sure mm. we're without Ennis Cantonel. Um, sorry, Ennis Freedom. The, he's such a fed. Um, <laughs> But um, he he was our last. He was our, he's been our only real available center. We have got Bruno Fernando. Bruno Fernando is shambolic, by the way. He's our fourth <laughs> choice center. He's a shambles. He is like a foul machine. Bad hands. Like he's awful. Um, Al Horford is out. Grant Williams is out. Rob Williams is in, but he's a he's a springy center. He's not going to be a Yanis stopper. I think we really needed um, need Horford there. We've just come off of a win against the Bucks, and we were really, really impressive. It was probably the best we've played all season in terms of how we moved the ball. Agreed. Both Jalen and Jason were involved. They were Correct. involving each other in the actions, which people want to talk about the Celtics. And I'm sure you'll ask me a few things like, oh, it's the same as last year. And it's like, yeah, the numbers are, but there's a clear incentive to do slightly different things. And I think it, it does stem with, with those two. Um, but yeah, so we're missing Cantor, we're missing Horford, we're missing Grant Williams, who's been amazing for us this year, missing Josh Richardson. Um, they're only missing Brooke, Brooke Lopez, who they've been missing all season because of back surgery. Uh, and Yanis, Bobby Portis, and maybe even Dante DiVincenzo might be back. So, so it's a sticky one, but 
I'm I'm looking for us to finally sort of put some progression down. We've had we've had a tough the schedule. Oh, your strength the strength of schedule hasn't looked bad, but we've missed Jalen Brown for most of it. Um, we had a West Coast road trip which kicked us in the ass. Uh, where Brown wasn't involved at all. Yeah. Tatum started like shit first sort of week or two of the season. He was he was really struggling. Sorted that out roughly now, more or less. He's still got some poor games, but so now is kind of where I'm looking. That's why I think we're second because I really want to see what we're about for Christmas Day against a Bucks team who have Yanis back and everything like that, and we don't have the centers to handle him. So it's going to have to be a game that we win offensively which we haven't been able to do most of our big wins have been off of defense mm. that's what we're set for that's what our roster's built around um so, so wait, i'm so, interested so, so, to see so, what we can do yeah so to stop you off there so so you so you so you're targeting this win over cleveland as milwaukee the, the, milwaukee rather get your I, head I, out of lebron's past, i was man. I, I was you're in lebron's present i was speaking about wednesday apologies um so so you're so you're targeting this win as as the as the big turnover as a big turning point. Um, I don't think it, I don't think it's that so much. I think like to say, uh, especially with the NBA, I don't think it's like the NFL or the Premier League or anything like that, where you have a game that is a big turnover. Like Houston have had that arguably, where they had they went on fifteen losses and then seven wins and stuff. You know, so they they could point to a turnover, but the NBA is funny like that. Like you just. You might have a turnaround and win three, and then you lose two. The games are so thick and fast that I don't think win or losses dictate the turnover. So it's not so much that it's like our our uh, game against Milwaukee recently felt like a bit of a turning point. Our win against them recently, and that was a full strength Milwaukee. Um, that felt like a bit of a turning point. I think for me, it's just consistency. What we do so often is we have a big win. And then we, within three games, are back to crisis mode and all oh, da 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 because the, oh, like the Lakers, on. yeah. I, it, but it's similar. It, it comes with the territory of being having an expectant fan base. I think certain teams, the New York teams, just through the the size of the city and and how big sports are there. The Lakers, the Celtics, um, to a degree, maybe the Heat. I think it's so easy to jump into a crisis whenever anything's going wrong. Um, and I think that's where I want to see us just sort of have some consistency, similar to yourselves, 16 wins, 16 losses, 500 team. And every time you do think oh, they, they're on a little bit of a, a little bit of momentum now, we'll lose a close one. We, we're poor in late game execution. Rookie head coach, most people listening will know that by now, but some might not. That is coming across in the late game execution, I think. Um, there's, there was even a game that we've lost, which he actually owned up to and said he didn't communicate things well. Um, yeah, you can see that That's the good play to see. call. Yeah, I mean he did it once. I'm not getting too excited, um, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, but like the play calling's poor. Um, late game, he hasn't worked out who he wants on the floor. Um, you can ask me maybe about some individuals because there's yeah. some weird fits yeah, there I'll, as well. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you, um, what do you make of um, of Schroeder or Schroeder, however he likes to be called? So. He, I know all about him, unfortunately. Yeah. No, do you know what? He started really well, but I think his I think his, his role on the team is a bit superfluous now. I think we needed bodies. We needed just to get as much experience in the group as possible. We've got Horford back, got Schroeder in, got Josh Richardson in, great call. People who've been around the NBA a long time. 
And and especially when Brown was out, he, he really provided like a scoring punch. He was having like some 29, 35, 32-point games and they they helped. I think now we've got Romeo Langford sort of coming out of his shell a little bit as a decent rotational player. He's never going to be amazing, but he's a 6'4", um, sort of rangy, defensive perimeter player. Then you've got Josh Richardson, who's 6'5", decent, rangy, perimeter defensive player. Then you've got... Dennis Schroeder, who's seven, uh, six, one, long wingspan, rangy defensive perimeter player. Then you've got Marcus Smart, defense first point guard. Then you've got um, Aaron Neesmith, another rookie that we need to put time in, who in theory is meant to be this decent six, five, rangy perimeter player. So I think we've got a little bit of overkill there with that role now. And Schroeder, we're not going to be able to offer him the money next year. So I'm interested what happens. And, and he's struggling with the now that his. Now that he's not being able to just run his offense and get his buckets and drive as he wants, last few games he's really tailed off and he's really yeah. struggling, I think, to find his role in the team because he doesn't have it in his hands. That's down to Smart, Brown and Tatum. And if he's not got it in his hands, he, he's he's not been as bad a shooter as his reputation belies, but he's not as effective when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. He's a driver, first and foremost. And so I think the the fit is getting more obviously awkward but he's come in and he's done a job and he he I think he got involved knowing that he was going to have to do a job. I, I don't know if he'll finish the season with us, to be honest, but I don't think he's been bad. He's had some bad games, but we've had some bad games as a group. We have a rookie head coach who the rotations have been weird. Like we, like I, I mocked you, I can't even lie. I mocked you for Isaiah Thomas and Westbrook and uh, Rondo sharing the floor. And while that's a <laughs> disgrace... Um, we we have games where you've got Brown and Tatum and then you've got like Marcus Smart, Dennis Schroeder and, and Al Horford or Rob Williams. Like we, our spacing isn't great and mm. Dennis doesn't help that. And so I think we need to, yeah, I think we need a, we need a, a someone to space floor, a better shooter, someone who can stand outside and, and open things up a bit more than we needed Dennis Schroeder. So he's been okay. Um, but Josh Richardson recently, his play is elevated above him. Um, I like him. Romeo Langford. Is, yeah, Josh Richardson has been really good. Josh yeah. Richardson. That, now that is, that is, Brad Stevens obviously last season was our head coach. He's now our president of basketball operations. That was a fantastic trade. I got. It's one of the little ones, but Gordon Hayward, everyone mocked, he left. He's gone Charlotte for a bag of money and has still not even been healthy there. And he's out for injury here, there and everywhere. Through that, we've got a traded player exemption, uh, exception, sorry, where it, it was like imaginary cap space. So we could bring players into that if we got rid of picks. That's basically how that works. Um, we got Evan Fournier in for about half of that. And so it was like, okay, cool. We've got Fournier. And then Fournier only played like eight games because he got COVID. It was like, fuck, what a waste. Fournier, we actually got rid of New York with a sign and trade. So we got the 70 million back for a new player exception. And then with the remaining 11, we got Josh Richardson, who stunk it up in Dallas and was a terrible fit there. Um, so we got him for a really decent little just couple second round picks. So he's been really good, but I think he being really good has sort of spelled the end for for Dennis Schroeder a little bit. But yeah, I think we're against the champions tomorrow. Um, not tomorrow, Christmas Day. So um, I want to see what we do now without that protection. We basically have no centers really that can take on Yanis. So Yanis is going to get his. That's whatever. I almost let him get forty. Try lock down the perimeter, guys. And now I think it's a real test for what we can do offensively because all of our good wins have been defensive. Like I said, just listed all these perimeter, rangy, wingspan, good effort guys. 
we don't have the offensive talent. If it's not Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum hitting 40, we're fucked. So let's see who can step up. Let's see who can who can get some buckets. It might be a Peyton Pritchard masterclass. Who knows? But um, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I think there's a lot more for the Celtics to prove than the Bucks. The Bucks are full strength coming in. The Bucks just got to do what they do. Um, I think Yanis will probably, like, especially coming out of protocols, will be raring to go. Christmas Day, national TV, I think he'll be on fire. Um, so I think this could be a really good game. And we, there's some, been some really good Celtics Bucks games over the last few years. Yanis um, has smashed us sometimes. Uh, opening day last season, that ridiculous bank shot that Jason Tatum blatantly didn't mean, but that was a, a last gasp win against them. Le- recent game against us, we were really against them. We were really, really good. So, um, been some really good Celtics Bucks games recent years. Chris Middleton always goes off, so I think that that's definitely my my second uh, that I'm looking forward to, which is in UK time. I think that's the seven thirty game. Yeah, seven thirty exactly. Get your dinners in early. And join us on the spaces for that one because you'll either hear you'll probably hear me fuming, which would be great. So <laughs> you know, but yeah, that's my second. That's my second, and that only leaves one Harold. That only leaves one Christmas Day game left. Ten p.m. This is the Western Conference final preview right here. This is what this is: the Bro, Phoenix Suns um, versus the Golden State Warriors. I am ex- I'm excited to see this game. I can I can, I can tell you that. I, I feel I feel like we all should be. Um, most exciting about this game, not that many absences. Yeah, <laughs> not that many absences. <laughs> so Clay Clay Thompson's still not back for the Warriors. That's that's going to be something really exciting to watch in January, February. Uh, Wiseman's still out. Damian Lee's gone into protocols. Oh, oh well. Um, Wiggins, I don't think will be out in time. But apart from that, that's be. it. So, so you've yeah. still got Steph. You still got Dre. Um, oh, Paul is Jordan Paul still injured, or will Jordan Paul be back? Um, not hundred percent. And then. And then Phoenix, Phoenix basically have lost no one. There was actually a really interesting article on Phoenix and how they've handled the whole COVID thing. He's probable, Jordan Paul. Probable. There we go. So Paul's back. That'll be a real, real boost to them. So with, with Phoenix, yeah, you look at Phoenix, you look at Utah. They've been the two most consistent regular season teams in the last two years, three years. They never, ever have guys miss games. Even now in the COVID world, they never, they're, they're missing no one to a man. And first, that's not a coincidence, by the way. That's no, it can't do, be. If you have no injuries, that's to do with your training. That's to do with how your group looks after itself. That's how they conduct themselves. That's not a coincidence. And uh, there was a little nugget in The Athletic recently about Phoenix, whereby they just said that they're particularly cautious about their family members getting tested about their friends getting tested when it's not advisable to go out they don't go out they've obviously got Chris Paul there who is first on hand to sort of as a president of the players union first on hand to let people know the sort of new ways to be testing and everything like that they're just a really well-run group and they're missing no one and it's not a coincidence so the only guys they've actually missed were through injury not through health and safety protocols at all Devin Booker's just come off a hamstring issue um, I think his first game back might have been the Lakers or the second game back. So, so yeah, listen, the first game with these two was unreal. Me and Canyon chopped that up on, on the last episode. I think it's been uploaded. Now, technicals meant that it wasn't at the at the time. But So, that was a 104-96 win to Phoenix. Um, Mikhail Bridges had Steph locked the fuck up. He had him in Wormwood Scrubs, Wandsworth. Do you know what? I, I have... <laughs> I have... I have a real soft spot for for Macabre. I don't know. I just 
I just love it when a player has, has that desire to defend and they're sick at it. Like, like I've even um in the, the reason why I mentioned is because obviously you know the Lakers lost convincingly against the Phoenix the other, um the other night or well, last night also whenever it was two nights ago um and <laughs> he's he's humble as well um in the, in the first quarter Russ Russ hits a, Russ hits a jumper over over McCarr Bridges and he's like what four or five inches at least taller than him hits a, hits a jumper mm. over him in, in the first quarter starts rocking the baby like he always does late later on first quarter <laughs> rocking the, first, the baby yeah, get a you, grip man you know you know what he's about Sec, second quarter second quarter McCarr eats him up and then just and then just and then just jogs down the court passes the ball hits out for a dime and just and and doesn't doesn't even doesn't even celebrate it's just He's, but you know what? That's that's what Phoenix are about, man. Like, I, obviously, all business. Chris Paul, obviously, Chris Paul's hilarious with his flopping and whatever, whatever. <laughs> and and look, if Devin, if Devin like hits a midi over you and whatever, he's gonna let you know about it. But you look at the teams who are bossing the NBA at the moment. And again, this is something that you need to tell your boy LeBron. I swear to God, look at the teams who are smashing the NBA at the moment. People like Golden State, Phoenix, Utah. Is what I think they're trying to do in Boston. Is team first, like next man up, like high character guys. Like for all of the Steph stuff, where uh, he might some people dislike him, whatever. He's not everyone's cup of tea, like Canyon, whatever. For all of the Steph stuff, Steph should be much bigger a prick than he is. The guy's just become the best shooter of all time, matter of factly. First jumped over Reggie Miller, now just beat Ray Allen's record. Like he should be. I'll tell you what, he's not rocking the baby in the first quarter. I'll tell you that right now. Um, and then, like, and then you've got someone like Draymond. Draymond is not a talented man, but is one of the most defensive. It will go down as a legend in the game, despite the lack of the talent of his peers. Then you look at places like uh, uh, Utah. Utah, unfashionable franchise. No one wants to go play there, but you've got people like Mike Conley, amazing veteran presence. Rudy Gobert, Marmite, but, you know, he, he does his job every night. Donovan Mitchell, incredibly mature young player like yeah. just a really really great mindset of a player there um, and then you've got people who come in and they just do their job, job. Bogdanovich they're sniping every night um, look at he might, the most, um, high, high... he might be the most high he might be the most consistent player in the NBA by the way Bogdan Bogdanovich he might, he might be bro, or Bojan bro, rather he might be the like, most consistent Bojan, player in yeah, the yeah, NBA bro, and, then you look at, and then you look at Phoenix and it's the exact same shit Mikhail Bridges high character guy DeAndre Ayton high character guy Chris Paul like you only have to look at that one season in OKC to see the Type of influence that Chris has. Paul yeah. can have. Yeah. Um, before obviously the Suns then go to the finals with him. Um, Javel McGee, like look at the teams he's been part of. Um, high high character guy, and then you look at the coaches again. They're they're you've got Quinn Snyder in Utah, Monty Williams, Phoenix, Steve Kerr, Golden State. They're very like head down, get on with their work, non-flashy, non-confrontational. Like when they lose, they don't get too low. When they win, they don't get too high. It says a lot. And I love that they are the teams that are smashing through the NBA right now because it's, it, it can sometimes get in danger of being this arms race to acquire stars like Brooklyn and LA. And I just don't enjoy it as much. So, so yeah, I think this is um, this is the two best teams in the league. Because I think they've shown just what Utah haven't in the postseason. Keyword teams um, as well. 
Yeah, 100%. And then you've got people like Jay Crowder. <laughs> There's another one. Anyway, so let me not dwell too much on that. But that, that first game was was fantastic. Steph got locked up. Second game, Steph, he got his a little bit. Um, you know, he finished with, finished with I think it was 22, 23 points. Um, and Golden State won that one. So they're one on one for the season. Um, I'm buzzing for this one. It, it's definitely going to be the best game of the day. I'm so, so sure of it. No one's missing anyone. There, there is it's the teams that saved Christmas. That's what this should go down as. <laughs> um, because the other games are looking like a bit of a shit show. So, so yeah, no, I'm buzzing to see it. I'm, I'm buzzing to see how they defend Aiton again because Aiton was a problem for Golden State. Like, Kevon Looney on him couldn't really handle him. Draymond hasn't got the length and height to really, really handle him. Um, so, no, buzzing for this one. It's easily going to be the best game of the day. And, and yeah. Lovely stuff. Well, that, my friends, has been your it's been your Christmas preview. Um, back with a bang. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, to be honest with you, I could have gone for the entire pod talking about the Lakers. I'm I'm sure you guys could have done the exact same with Boston. Um, we'll 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 save that for another time and let's let's see how things pan out um over the weekend. But one thing's for sure, please tune in um to our Christmas Day Twitter spaces. We'll be live. We'll have all of our all of our old season heads talking all things basketball. Yes, getting angry. I'll be getting angry, no doubt whatsoever, watching that shit team play basketball. Um, and yeah, that should be good fun, guys. Thank you for joining. Speak to you later and peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.